Hello and welcome to Line Noise. Today we have an interview with a Detroit producer who scans the world of hip-hop, house, techno, R&B. Uh, he's called Wajid. We spoke to him in Barcelona uh, when he was here for Sonar, just before he played Sonar. And the first thing I asked him was about Detroit. I will say I've never been to Detroit, but you're, you're, what you say about music and being open to loads of things sounds very typically Detroit. Is that correct? Yeah, I've, I've traveled all over the world and uh, I've lived in different places inside of the United States. And uh, I never knew about the high level of music nerdery that is actually a part of the Detroit ecosystem, you know. Um, I think it's pretty natural for us to be, especially in the Midwest, where all of these cultures collide and create um, a space for us to be um, um, diverse. And, but I'm also a little biased, you know, so yeah, it could be true. I, I believe it to be true. Is there like a Detroit sound? I mean, the reason I ask is because outside of Detroit, you know, we, we talk a lot about Detroit techno, Detroit house, there being a Detroit sound. Is there like something that unites the different music of Detroit? Yeah, I believe at the core of all um, well, really great or um, monumental Detroit music is uh, the level of funk. I believe that's the cornerstone in all of it, whether it be uh, deeply funky or the lack of funk. Um, you know, from uh, Rob Hood's uh, minimal style, which he created, which was that absolute uh, no funk at all to uh, his counterpart, um, Juan Atkins, you know, which is totally funky. So, um, yeah, I believe, I believe funk to be the, the cornerstone or the, it's, it's, what's, it's what threads it all together, in my opinion. And your music for me has a lot of funk, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's certainly played a big part in my life, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you started off or well maybe not started off but one of the first things you were known for was DJing for Slum Village and you then uh, produced hip-hop you produced R&B and today you're producing what I would call house house and techno um do you see much uh lineage or common ground between like house and hip-hop absolutely I think they're the same in my in my opinion they're, they're the same um, in the same way that it's the same as punk. You know, it's all grassroots. It's all uh, do for self and do, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all do for self, you know. Um, the common denominators between the two um, or the three are the same. The only difference is the BPM. It's all beats. It's all people um, creating uh, things from what they have. It's all people communicating to a small group of people in order to in order to communicate to a larger group of people. Um, it's all the same for me. That's why it's easy for me to kind of well, I won't say easy, but it was easy for it was uh, it was easier for me to make uh, the transition from you know hip hop and soul to what is now known as dance music or I don't I don't know what to call it. I don't know, I don't know what the genre is that I'm making. Did. What was people's reaction like? Um, because I know, well, I believe that for a long time in the States, hip-hop and house were kind of, or dance music or whatever you want to put it, were not sort of seen as, as very similar. You know, they were like, you either do hip-hop or, or you do house. How did people find when you would kind of 
do moving to different things and different genres. Well, when I do it, or, or 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 what was the response to when I when when I I guess have what was the response to me yeah. doing it? Um, uh, good and bad. You know, I think that uh, that, uh, some people understood it because they were more uh, in tune to some of the things I've done. I mean, I've done electronic music and bits here and there throughout my career. I think some of the first, uh, one of the first remixes I've ever done was a a remix that I did for Grey Boy, which is a a dance music remix, really. It was 112 BPMs. So some people get it, some don't, you know, but I um, I think the greatest art uh, commands the greatest reaction, which is either I love it or I hate it, but rarely do people, you know, that, that have uh, the type of response that I want, rarely are they in the middle. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. I want to play a song now, um, and this is quite a difficult question, but what one song would you play if you had to explain what you do to someone? We're gonna to have to come back to that. Okay, we'll have to come. All right, we'll have to come back to that. Um, but let's play a song. You've got a new EP, um, Ten Toes Down, coming up very soon. Um, the lead track is fabulous. It's called Heavy. We're gonna play that, but I just want to ask you a, a question about Heavy. Like for me, what I find really interesting about that song is the lyrics are talking about sort of heavy experiences but the sound of the song is quite happy you know or quite upbeat that's how it sounds to me was that a conscious decision to mix them um uh, no because uh in my in my my, i guess my point of view it it doesn't sound happy at all (laughs) um you know i mean those thunderous bass sounds and those uh those detuned uh uh low-end rumbles you know, um, it's meant to convey a bit of um, uh, darkness. So, um, yeah, in my in my my point of view, you know, but you know, to each his own. Which is, I, I would love to, I would love to hear more about uh, how you feel about that during the break. Okay, we'll play heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy is the weight I carry and carry and carrying on my shoulder. Heavy, heavy, heavy is the weight I carry and carry and carrying on my shoulder. Heavy, heavy, heavy is the weight I carry and carry and carrying on my shoulder. Heavy, heavy, heavy is the weight I carry and carry.
Down. It features Blue Raspberry. How did that happen? Well, um, I've uh, Blues, Blue Raspberry or Candy Lizzie, yes, she's going under uh, on this track, uh, has been in the D for um, some time. I met her um, many, many years ago um, through um, a close friend of mine. And um, yeah, I always had her on my radar for people to work with. You know, but it was never a situation that I felt like I actually had the track that would work for her voice. I mean, her voice is colossal, you know, so I wanted to make sure that I had something that balanced her energy and what she would bring um, to the to the performance. So right after making Heavy, um, the instrumental, I sat on it for a while. And um, after it, it took some time, but I figured out, yeah, this is the thing that I want to do with her. And yeah, it came together. It's, you know, here we are, two two hip hop, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, legends. You know, combining and, and creating. You know, like this deeply kind of house tech track. You, you talked about Detroit. You still live there, right? Yes. Well, what's it like to to be in Detroit at the moment? I think we hit from from outside. We get a very strange idea of what it's like. What is it like to be there right now? Oh, uh, it's quiet. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a quiet place. It's deeply reflective. Um, our long winters um, is, in what my opinion, is uh, our, our benefit to the world because it allows us to reach deeply and um, create concepts in, in, space, in, in musical spaces and creative spaces that people have never ventured in before. Um, yeah, Detroit is a really quiet place, and um, it's really based on... Um, community and um, uh, in my in my opinion a, a really deep kind of uh, uh, connected ecosystem in terms of community and family uh, interestingly I well I think it's interesting I interviewed Juan Atkins um, a few months ago when he was in the city and he he was with his daughter and they're working together and um Kevin Saunderson, I think, has worked with his sons. Um, is that sort of quite typical? Like, it's a very family town. People kind of work together and, and live together in, in, in communities. Is that why there's, like, a lot of collaboration? I believe so, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, who else, you know, for the techno godfathers of the world to hand it on to, you know, their, their real-life legacies, you know, pass the legacy to a legacy. So, 
Um, yeah, it's no surprise to me to even to see what Rob Hood is doing with his daughter Lyric. And um, yeah, certainly the, the Saundersons, you know, passing the legacy to one another. Um, I th yeah, I think it's fantastic. And also, you know, it's like it's also part of uh, a nonverbal, uh, I guess, commandment, you know, inside of our community, which is each one teach one. And I mean, talking about uh, the, the, the Detroit being kind of quite empty, quite quiet. Do you think that that comes across in the music it produces? Do you feel like the environment is reflected in the music? Absolutely, yeah, it's just, I, I believe that to be true. I do believe that, you know, if, if you make, if you produce music from a beach um, in California, then you will make beach music. Um, I believe that, you know, in part of what I was speaking about this, the tone and the vibe of heavy, um, this very kind of dense, um, almost open space, uh, reflective feel that I was, that, that was the intention for the track. You know, it's, it's something that could only be made there. You know, I, could, I couldn't have made that from Barcelona on the beach. Talking of Barcelona, you're uh, playing live at Sonar. What, what, what can we expect? Um, I, I think that the, I think the common denominator between the show is, uh, well, I will say uh, it's mostly my tunes or it is all of my tunes, things that I've made over the last several years. And um, the common denominator is funk. You know, uh, everything that you, that you will hear will have tons of funk in it or a lack of. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, just mostly good vibes. You know, like that's I feel like that's the that's the job. You know, to bring um, just good energy and you know still communicate your message of you know whatever that may be. I'm really interested. You say it'll have tons of funk or none. Do you ever make a track? I think I'm putting no funk in this whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I attempt it, but you know, I think my definition of not much funk is still pretty funky. But how would you do that? How would you try to make something that isn't funky? Well, if I gave you my techniques, <laughs> we'd have to, you know, we have to destroy this interview. So I think it'd be better if I if I don't. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to play something from your uh, most recent album, which is an excellent album, From the Dirt. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. Either you choose a track or we go with my favourite, which is Power and Numbers. Do you want, what do you fancy? Uh, I say we go with, my, with, with one of my choices. And right. um, my one of my favourite uh, cuts on the album is I Ain't Safe, What Idea. I Ain't Safe, play it.
That was Iron Safe from In the Dirt. Uh, you've had you've had a fascinating career in music. You've done all kinds of things. And one thing that I didn't know, I just discovered the other day, is um, you uh, did some ghostwriting for major labels in New York. What can you tell us about that? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this is another subject that uh, that, that that we that we can't uh, we can't give you too many secrets on. But um, I will say that you know the the proceeds that 
uh, that came from some of those ventures um, I used to actually create my first label, which was Bling 47. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, it was, I, I looked at it as a situation where, you know, like a, the Robin Hood theory, you know, where you um, take this money from the plentiful and create and use it to create a platform for the non-plentiful. And you've got a label, Dirt Tech Rec, at the moment. Um, how do you how do you run that? What's your sort of vision for that label? Well, uh, Dirt Tech Rec is uh, short for Dirty Techno Records, and um, I created this label out of necessity. You know, the very first record that I put on um, Dirt Tech Rec was a record called Scorpio, which um, I co-produced with um, Matt Mike Banks. Along uh, and the B side was with uh, Theo Parrish and uh, Dominique Deportes, and um, the record was so different. You know, the, or, uh, I guess the, it's uh, a single. The singles were so different that I couldn't imagine them being on a place, or, or, or in a. I couldn't imagine a home for those records, and um, you know, design is a result of necessity. So my design, my grand design, was to create this label. And um, I, for me, it's important for the label to always push the envelope. To um, not, you know, I'm surrounded by giants in my city, right? And um, for me, it's important to add something and not just copy and paste. You know, to add a new sound, a new reflection, a new feel, a new genre um, to create what hasn't been created. And uh, yeah, ultimately that's the goal for not just myself as an artist, but um, the label as a whole. This might seem a strange question, but when you're working with someone like Mike Banks, who's obviously a legend of techno, um, what what is that extra thing that, that you add? What's the, the sort of wajid thing that, that you bring, if it can be explained? Uh, I don't know if it can be explained, but I know it can be heard. Um, it's a combination of all my experiences. You know, it's a combination of all the, um, all my, all my walks in the past, and even you know, like what I'm touching at that very moment. You know, it's a combination of experience. The same as you know anything that Mike Banks would offer, right? It's a combination of his experiences and um, a combination of his opinion of what sounds great. So, uh, you know, I can't quite, I can't quite pinpoint what that is for me but it is something very specific to me, you know, and uh, I would love some feedback from the audience, the people who are listening to, to kind of identify that. Let him know. Yeah. <laughs> one, one track I think you can talk about that you worked on, I've seen you talk about before, was Last Train to Paris with Diddy. What was that? I mean, that, that seems like a really strange project, like more and more people coming in, and one minute it was like, remember the producers who came in but it seemed like every producer was getting like a that one minute it's Felix the house cat and you know what was it like working on that well that's something that's the third thing that I can't really speak oh. on <laughs> that I can't really speak about but I will say man it was an amazing experience it was a great experience to be in that studio you know that, that Biggie worked in that you know like just that just the transition of like uh, me, me leaving my Brooklyn apartment at that time and going down to Times Square and just being in that space of you know like this is where it happens um, is um, it was it was it was, a re it was it was an experience I'll never forget and uh, a quite amazing one. Okay, I'm gonna play another song. Um, 
Uh, could you recommend us something by a new a new artist you're really excited by? Something you might play a lot in your sets or something just something you love. Mm. Well, you know, uh, most of the stuff I'm listening to is actually stuff that's not out. But who I've been listening to um, as of late um, is, uh, I guess, a, a, a newcomer to most people uh, in um, outside of the world. But I've been listening to a lot of uh, Jay Daniel lately. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite tracks that he's done is uh, Royal Insanity. All right, let's listen to that. Jay Daniel, Royal Insanity.
it's interesting you, you you played Jay Daniel. He's I think seen as you know a new generation of Detroit techno house producers. Is there lots of new people coming up in Detroit? There's always new people. I mean, you know, Detroit is one of those places that, um, you know, uh, music is the is our level of what some towns might do with football. You know, I mean, their intent is to is to breed footballers or you know or soccer players or uh, basketballers or whatever. You know, our legacy and um, our main export besides cars is music. So, you know, it's, it's always a situation where we're always developing new artists and, you know, new things are always coming up. This, this might seem a strange question coming from me, as a Scottish person, but do you think that sort of house and techno are in danger of sort of being seen or losing their sort of African-American roots or being... Because in Europe, I think, you know, you go to a lot of events, you know, in Barcelona and... You know, it's primarily um, a white audience for that kind of music. Do you, do you think that those roots kind of could get forgotten? Absolutely not. Um, I believe that you know, by by house music and even techno music being created in these, I guess, uh, these black cities, you know, Chicago and Detroit, um, I think it's almost impossible for it to kind of lose its its footing, right? You know, even if um, even if a tree is blown from side to side, you know, it still maintains its roots. So, uh, in terms of what I, what I think is happening and as far as how it might appear is that I believe that these, our next generations between Chicago and Detroit and all of these places in the world, um, I, I believe a new genre is being created. I believe something new is happening, something that's unseen and unheard is being manufactured, you know, from these really dynamic, drastic circumstances that we're dealing with in the United States, you know, with our new, with our current administration. So um, I believe that something else is on the horizon, and I'm really deeply excited to, to hear it and see how it translates, you know, for, um, you know, not just for... Uh, black people or you know but for the world you mean there's music coming out in in the states which is a reaction to the the frankly awful political situation what do you have any idea what it is that's coming or you just kind of feel feel it well i mean i can feel it i mean I've been, you know uh, you know uh, pressure pressure makes diamonds mm. you know so i believe that you know all the pressure and you know like even um the circumstances of house and techno music were pretty much a reflection of the circumstances that um, are happening now, you know, with an administration and, you know, like things are really hectic and chaotic and it's this pressure that creates something new, you know, out of necessity. It's just part of the design of the world, right? So um, that's what I mean. I haven't heard it verbatim, but I certainly get a glimpse of it when I listen to people like Jay Daniel. And I listen to other newcomers, you know, like uh, Matthew Law, you know, coming out of Philadelphia or Roddy Rod coming out of um, uh, Maryland. So, you know, I, I, I'm getting a glimpse of what it can be. And uh, it's, you know, it's so early, you know, but it, it's bound to happen. Are you optimistic about the future? I mean, not just in music, but uh, in general. I mean, it's a very 
difficult time for the States, I think, for, for the world as a whole. But do you feel optimistic? Absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, it's like it couldn't get much worse, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe that, you know, like, uh, you know, we we have to endure. Um, sometimes we have to, you know, sometimes people can't tell you something. You know, uh, sometimes you have to actually endure it in order to know the value of um, collective thought and collective uh, action. So I believe that, you know, just what's happening in the United States is just a reflection of that. We're just being reminded about our value, our core values, and um, that um, normally standing across you is a, a is somebody that can advocate your issues, you know, and we can advocate one another's issues. So, I, so yeah, I'm, I'm super positive about it. And uh, again, diamonds, I mean, uh, diamonds are created by pressure. Could I ask a couple of uh, Slum Village question, questions? <laughs> uh, I'll give you two. Two, okay, okay. This is a really nerdy one, okay. How did the band end up sampling Thomas Bangalter's Extra Dry on Raise It Up? I don't know. <laughs> and if I did, I wouldn't tell. <laughs> okay, question two. And maybe, uh, maybe you don't. It's kind of related. Um, after that Slum Village remix, Daft Punk's Aerodynamic. What can you tell us about that? Were you were you part of that? Were you around when that was happening? Yeah, I was. I was actually with the with the group in uh, in London when when the test press came around. The uh, the uh, I guess the test press that actually had the the artwork on it. And uh, yeah, I just remember the excitement of us getting that and just being like, "Wow, this is this is bigger than we could ever even imagine." So yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and I remember listening to it too. Wow, I forgot all about that that disc plate thing. I wonder do I still have that? But yeah. It might be worth quite a lot of money. I imagine <laughs> so. I imagine so, yeah. So I asked you earlier, um, for the one song that kind of summed up what you do. If I had to explain what you did to my to to my mum, for example, what 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 would you play? I think I would play actually I'm gonna save my answer for that until our next radio uh, interview. Okay. Well, we're going to play out with a song, and <laughs> as you're not answering, I'm going to play out with uh, my favorite from from The Dirt, which is, uh, it's just, it's a kind of song that makes me happy and makes me dance in my kitchen, even when it's like eight in the morning. Uh, it's Power in Numbers. Wajid, thank you so much. Thank you, Rev. Thank you.
Uh-huh. 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 U